Hey everyone, my name's Jonathan. I'm one of the pastors here at Greystone Church. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal day, whether you're watching from our Azor campus or Walton campus or our Coney campus or you're online. Today is the last message in our series, DIY for the Soul. And I hope this series has been beneficial to you. I hope you're making a priority to take care of your soul, to take care of the most important part of your life, the part of your life that's going to live for all eternity. Next week, we're beginning a brand new message series titled Illuminate. And we're going to be looking at Jesus' powerful teaching as he sheds light on the kingdom of God and we get prepared for the kingdom of heaven. So I hope you'll join us next Sunday. Now, today I'm obviously offside. I'm here at a stream uh, right behind Archer High School and not too far from our Azor campus. And I want to begin the message by sharing with you a story about a stream that is found in John Ortberg's book, Soul Keeping. There was this town that was high up in the mountains and coming through the center of this town was this stream, this gorgeous, beautiful stream. And the stream was fed by springs, springs that were as old as the earth and as deep as the sea. And the stream that came through the town was the attraction of the town. It was gorgeous and it was beautiful and the kids played along its banks and there were geese and swans that, that swam in the stream and, and the stream was so clear that you could look to the bottom and see rainbow trout that were swimming around. And the stream was taking care of an, an old man, a keeper of the stream. As long as anybody could remember this old man had taken care of the spring. And he would go from spring to spring and he would clean out the fallen branches and he would clean out the fallen leaves to make sure the springs that fed into the stream were flowing cleanly. And the townspeople never saw the old man. Like he, everything he did was up in the mountains, up in the hills and, and behind the scenes. And one day the town council met and they thought, you know, we only have so much money and we need to pave some roads and we have services to offer. And no one really sees this old man working anyway. And do we really have the funds to keep paying for him to take care of the stream? And so they let go of the, the old man and he left his post. And at first, people didn't see a difference. At first, uh, the townspeople didn't notice the effects of him not taking care of the stream. But over time, the stream began to change. It began to, to look dirty. It didn't smell as good as it used to. The kids quit playing along the side of the stream. The, the swans flew away to live elsewhere. People in the town actually began to start getting ill and, and getting sick. And the town quickly realized how important it was for the old man to take care of the stream. And so they rehired the old man. And he began to, to clean out all the debris and clean out the, the sticks and branches and, and leaves. And, and over time, the, the stream was clean again and it was flowing again. And the children came back and the swans made their home uh, in the stream again. And, and the health of the of the little town was, was reborn. The health of the town depended upon the health of the stream. The stream is your soul and you are its keeper. 
And we've been talking in this DIY for the Soul series that it's a do-it-yourself project. Like nobody else can care for the stream. Nobody else can care for your soul. You are your soul's keeper. And as your soul goes, so goes your life. The condition of your soul depends on you. You and you alone are responsible for the condition of your soul. How is your soul? Are you taking good care of it? Are you spending time with God? Has your soul found rest in God? Do you have a healthy soul? Who you are on the inside affects how you're living on the outside. I want to say that again. Who you are on the inside affects who you are on the outside. The time and investment we make in caring for our soul is not seen by many people. We wake up early to spend time in God's Word. We, we get away to remote places like this so that we can get time alone with God. We set our hearts and we set our minds on the things above. We give our attention to God. We invest our time and our money in the things that last forever. We store up our treasures in heaven. And in many ways, our soul care is a lot like the old man who is the keeper of the stream. Everyone simply took the stream for granted. They didn't see the man working high up in the hills behind the scenes. And it's the same way with our souls. People don't see all that we do. And in fact, we don't do it because we want people to see it. We do it because we're taking care of our souls. We do it because we love God. We, we do it because we want our lives to bring Him honor and glory. People don't see all the time and the energy we invest in soul care, but they see the effects of it. They see our character. They see our attitudes. They see our actions. What's on the inside eventually reveals itself on the outside. In order to have a strong, healthy outer life, we have to have a strong, healthy inner life. How is your soul? Are you taking care of it? Are you being a good keeper of your soul? The evidence of neglect is revealed over time. At first, the townspeople didn't see any difference that the man wasn't taking care of the stream. And the town council probably thought they made a good decision because they were saving money. But eventually, and especially in the long term, the town suffered the effects of the unattended stream. People got sick. The kids no longer were playing along its banks. The, the, the swans flew away. And instead of bringing life to the community, it brought sickness. If you begin to neglect your soul, you may not see the effects at first, but eventually it's going to catch up with you. One of the saddest things for me uh, over the last 25 or 30 years of, of serving as a pastor is seeing people fall away from Christ. Seeing people who are once passionate for God and on fire for Him and, and living their lives for Him completely fall away and begin to give their lives to, to things without real meaning. And one of our biggest concerns during the 2020 and this, this pandemic that, that we're all facing is people falling away from Christ and, 
every Christian who's fallen away from Christ, like they, didn't, they didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't like, I'm going to quit walking with God. No, it was a slow fade, and it happened through neglect. And that's been one of our biggest concerns this year is people have gotten away from church. It's, it's no longer one of their soul habits to, to come to church. And people have gotten out of the Word of God, and, and people are no longer taking care of their souls. They're not in fellowship, and they're not in small group, and they're not in accountability. And they are neglecting their souls. And, and at first, they may not see the effects of it, but over time, it's going to catch up with them. Their mindsets are going to change. Their worldview is going to change. Their attitude is going to change. Their actions will change. They might burn out. They might blow up. They, they might even get to a point in their lives where they end up doing something they never thought they would possibly do. And they ask themselves, well, how did I get here? Like, how, how did my life get to this particular situation? And it goes back to they were neglecting their souls. They didn't take care of the most important part of their lives. When this series, DIY for the Soul, we've been using this illustration of a home renovation. And I appreciate David Isaac Young and the, the energy that he's brought every week to, to give us this incredible illustration of a home renovation. And as we saw today with David Isaac Young, once the renovation is complete, once the, you got a new kitchen and new bathrooms and new floor and, and everything's just looking brand new and looking phenomenal, well, it doesn't end there. There, it takes daily upkeep. It takes, you know, cleaning the floors and cleaning the bathrooms and cleaning the kitchen and, and, and daily maintenance or weekly maintenance to keep the house looking brand new, to, to make the renovation worth all the time and effort and energy that was put into it. I remember when I was in my early 20s, I uh, was on staff with Campus Outreach. I was the Campus Outreach Director at West Georgia College, which is now the State University of West Georgia, and I was single, and I had a house. Uh, we rented a house right across the street from the campus, and this house had these huge, big windows in the front, and when you drove by, you could see everything that was going on in the house. We nicknamed the house the fishbowl, and I lived with uh, four or five other guys, but there were, there were people in and out of the house all the time. People spent the night all the time. We didn't know who was coming or going, and there was always something going on at the fishbowl. I remember I came home one time and Brian Lane, he was a college student, he played football at West Georgia. His big, you know, four-wheel drive pickup truck was sitting in the driveway. And I look over and hanging from a tree, Brian has this little deer that he had killed and he's actually cleaning the deer in my front yard. So all these things would go on at the fishbowl and, you know, we're just guys, college students, guys in their early 20s like myself, and we didn't take care of the house. Like, we never vacuumed, we never cleaned, you know, the, the kitchen was full of dishes all the time. We never even thought about cleaning the, the bathrooms or the shower, and it just, they were really dirty. Jennifer and I were dating at the time, <laughs> and our bathrooms were so bad that Jennifer wouldn't even use the bathroom at the fishbowl. Like, she would go to the gas station to use the bathroom <laughs> instead of using it at the fishbowl. And the, the house was not taken care of because we didn't, we neglected the upkeep of the house. And what happens when you neglect the upkeep of your soul? 
And as we talked about last week, we've got to build the proper habits, soul habits, like build the proper trellises in our lives so that, so that we can flourish, so the vine can grow and we can bear fruit in our lives. And, and so like the weekly Sabbath, a weekly time of worship and rest, a, a daily time with the Lord to, to get away to, to quiet places and lonely places and spend time with God, to be involved in a small group and have that small group accountability. Build the proper habits in our lives. And if we don't, we're going to neglect our souls. You reap what you sow. I, I think we all know that you reap what you sow. It's a biblical principle. If you, if you sow good, you're going to reap good. If you sow bad, you're going to reap bad. And we want this to be the case for our enemies, right? Like the, like the people that we don't like, you know, we say to ourselves, I hope they reap what they sow. I, I hope they get what's coming to them. We want it to be true for our enemies, but in actuality, it's true for us. We, we reap what we sow. If we spend more money than we have, we're going to be in debt. If we don't discipline our kids, our kids are going to be spoiled. If we lie and deceive others, we're eventually going to be caught. If we have a bad attitude at work, we're going to lose our jobs. If we lose our temper with our family, we're going to damage the relationships that are closest to us. If we eat unhealthy and we don't exercise, we're going to be obese or we could possibly have a heart attack. And, and if we don't take care of our souls, if we don't get time alone with God and in His Word and in prayer we're not going to have a close relationship with God. You reap what you sow. And the seeds that you sow, that is the fruit that you will bear in your life. The Bible says if we sow sparingly, we'll reap sparingly. If we sow generously, we're going to reap generously. So ask yourself, what kind of fruit do you want to bear in your life and how much fruit do you want to bear? Now, there are several analogies in the Bible, several stories in the Bible of reaping and sowing. One of my favorite ones is, is just the, uh, the picture of a, of a tree planted by streams of water. I, I want to read Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 through 8. It says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wastelands. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots by the stream. He does not fear when the heat comes, and its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The prophet Jeremiah talks about being cursed and being blessed. I don't know about you, but when it, when it comes to my life, I don't want to live a cursed life. I want to live a blessed life. He says, curse is the one who trusts in man, whose, whose confidence is in the flesh. Cursed is the person who doesn't take care of his soul. Jeremiah says he'll, he'll be like a bush 
in the wastelands, like, a, like tumbleweed in the desert, blown here and there and dry and unhealthy and not fruitful and not prosperous. But blessed is the person who trusts in the Lord, whose, whose confidence is in Him. And I love the, the word picture there. They're like a tree planted by streams of water who puts its roots down deep, who never fails to bear fruit, whose leaves are always green. And even in, even in a year of drought, and I think we could categorize 2020 as a year of drought, even in a year of drought, still healthy, still prosperous, still bearing fruit. Because that person has put their trust in God, put their confidence in Him. We want to live strong, healthy, prosperous lives. We want to bear fruit. And the way that we bear fruit is we take care of the soul. We remain in Christ. We stay tapped in to the vine. We looked at this verse last week. Jesus says in John 15, 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See, the goal of our lives is not to bear fruit. The goal of our lives is to remain in Christ, to stay tapped into the vine, to, to walk with God moment by moment and day by day, to live our lives for Him. And if we abide in Christ and walk with God and remain in Christ, then we will bear much fruit. Fruit that's going to last for all eternity because that's what we're living our lives for. Jesus said in John 15, 16, you not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. This verse has incredible meaning for me personally. I was struggling with God's call on my life and I wasn't sure what direction I was gonna go and I had some other opportunities and I remember coming to a place like this and, and just pulling out my Bible. And at the time, it was the old blue Bible. And I had all of these highlighted verses. And I came across this verse. And I didn't hear God's audible voice, but he was speaking directly into my soul. And he said, Jonathan, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that's going to last for all eternity. And I realized I didn't have a choice in the matter. <laughs> that God, God had chose me, he had called me, and this is what I need to give my life to. It's our responsibility to stay tapped into the vine, to, to walk with God daily, to care for our souls, to be the keeper of our souls. Well, let's make some personalization, let's make some application. Is there anything in your life that is taking your attention off of being a keeper of the soul? Is there anything in your life that's taking your attention off of the most important area of your life? Is there something that's causing you to neglect your soul? Is there something that's causing damage to your soul? Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe, maybe it's a distraction. Are you working on your career more than you're working on your soul? Is the upkeep of your things, your house, your cars, and 
all your possessions, getting in the way of the upkeep of your soul? Are you taking care of your physical body more than you're taking care of your spiritual body? Are you worried about your financial portfolio more than you're worried about your spiritual portfolio? Are you more focused on your physical family than you're focused on your spiritual family? Are you more obsessed with sports than you are obsessed with your soul? How is your soul? The condition of your soul is your responsibility and yours alone. And if there's anything in your life that is keeping you from taking care of your soul, I want to ask you to give that to God today. All right, let's, let's pray together. God, I thank you for this incredible word from you. That just as the old man was the keeper of the stream, and the stream was the health of the town, God, we are the keepers of our souls. And our souls are the health of our lives. And as our souls go, so go our lives. And God, I do pray that we would be blessed. That we would be like that tree planted by streams of water. That our roots would be put down deep in our relationship with you. That we would live healthy and prosperous lives. That we would bear much fruit. That we would be blessed. The goal is not to bear fruit, but the goal is to remain in you. And I pray today, God, if there's anything in anyone's life that is keeping them from taking care of their souls, God, we want to give that to you today. We want to surrender that to you so that we can have healthy souls. And God, we thank you for this word from you. And we pray it all in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.